Stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Yeehaw! Okay, okay. Holy cow! May I have your attention, please? Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Ah, uh, this is Craig Moore. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's a very big show about bears and hunting and even a moose spotted in the Casper area. We got all this covered. Dan Thompson, who is the large carnivore supervisor for Game and Fish, Janet Millick from Game and Fish, and Brian from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. All joining us on the program today to cover a lot of information. Of course, as always, you can listen on demand. 24-7. If you miss any of our shows, let's get the show rolling. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. <laughs> My Country 95.5. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Well, Janet, hunting season is upon us and my goodness, are there some elk going down. I'm getting text messages every day now from uh, guys and ladies that are sending in uh, the big bulls that they're getting. It is a fun time of year and not just here in Casper, but all over the state. These things are starting to happen. The leaves are turning. People are getting out. Opening season is just around the corner and and we're excited. It's really fun because you and I were talking just a couple of weeks ago about how the temperatures were so warm and then we had a rain shower and it all dropped and it was officially hunting season. Exactly. Now let's just hope that we can keep that temperature where we want it and that the snow doesn't fly and keep us out of all of our favorite holes because that's usually what does happen is it's either 100 or we've got three feet of snow. So that happy (laughs) medium is going to be great. Today we have a special guest on the show, uh, Dan Thompson, who's the large carnivore supervisor for Wyoming Game and Fish. And uh, Dan works out of the, uh, the northern part of the state where Grizzly bears are a common sight there and a big concern when it comes to hunting there. And Dan, welcome back to the program. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me back. You know, Drew, one of the things that, that we often talk about, and, and I've already mentioned, is that even if you live in Casper, that doesn't mean that you hunt in Casper. You may tra- travel to different places in the state or even outside of the state that different large carnivores may um, be present. And you just want to know and be prepared at all costs for what you're going into. Safety is a big concern, obviously, to think ahead and not wait until you're actually in the presence of a grizzly. Uh, what are some of the things that people need to start thinking about now before they head out? Well, hopefully they've been thinking about it for a long time, quite honestly. Um, you know, we talk a lot about overall preparedness when you're when you're hunting any of the big game species that we have to offer here in Wyoming. There's a there's mental and physical preparedness. You got to be in good shape to get into a lot of country where we have, especially elk. And but you also have to be mentally prepared when it comes to hunting, especially in grizzly bear country. There's a lot of things you can do, do like before, during, and after the hunt to help reduce conflict potential with these bears. Um, this time of year when, when hunters are out in the field, bears are also doing everything they can to put on weight before they go to sleep for the winter. So they're more active and they're seeking food. They're more active during the day. So that potential is there for those interactions. So before you're going into the field, you need to be thinking about awareness and knowing what bear sign looks like making sure that you are prepared to have a clean camp, 
and that you have places to, if you're going to camp in a dispersed campsite, is there a, a bear box to put your food in or do you have to hang your food? Uh, make sure you have a communication plan if you're hunting with a, a, another person or, or more than more than a couple people. That's something that can really help your potential to reduce that conflict uh, when you start going into the field. And so just being that mentally prepared, knowing where you're going, talk to your local game and fish people that we get a lot of calls about that. Oh, I'm hunting in this unit. I'm going to be here. And we've kind of gotten to the point in northwest Wyoming where I just tell people to be prepared for grizzly bears. Throughout the rest of the state, we have mountain lions and black bears, which aren't as aggressive by nature, but there's something to be aware of, obviously, when you're out enjoying the woods. And, and, you know, if you're blessed to actually see any of those animals, it's a pretty cool experience for most people. And so those are just some of the things you can do beforehand to make sure you have a game plan in place before you even head into the woods. I feel that a lot of people feel that once you harvest an animal that, you know, your concern is is over. But really, that's probably when the biggest concern for grizzlies and, and even, you know, wolves and mountain lions and black bears is they yep. smell that fresh meat and uh, they want in on that. Absolutely, especially for bears. Uh, you know, they have an amazing sense of smell. And this time of year, they are really keyed in on on eating what is left from the hunter's quarry. So the organs and things like that that not everybody eats, that has the highest protein. So bears actually really will key in on that. And so people have to think about that when they're out hunting. Um, some people make the decisions in certain areas with high grizzly bear densities to to not harvest an animal past a certain point in the day. Or other people have a really good game plan where they have another person with them that if an animal gets harvested late in the day, one person is a sentry that keeps constant lookout. And then as you're field dressing an animal, if you have to leave it overnight, you can do a lot of things as far as making sure you move that carcass. Or if you can, if you can quarter it and hang it out of the way of a bear, otherwise leave it in an area that's extremely open that you can see from a distance that you can you can really glass the area to make sure there's nothing there and make sure you separate it from the the carcass because that's really what those bears are keyed in on and then during the hunt or on the way to the hunt we always want to make sure we're not surprising bears that's where we have most of our encounters are either surprise encounters or bears kim, coming in on carcasses and so we realize we want people to be quiet you know you're sneaking we understand that but there's certain places times of the day where you don't have to be sneaking, you can let bears know you're there to reduce that potential of surprising a bear. Do you need to use different types of precautions with, say, a black bear in your You know, I, I would use the same precautions. Uh, a black bear, are, they're keyed in on their scavenging as well. It's just that grizzly bears are inherently more aggressive. And so most times if a black bear would come in, you're going to be able to shush it off, basically. Uh, and you don't ever want to do that with a grizzly bear, obviously. But same type of things we're talking about is just good common sense to use with a black bear or any of these other scavenging carnivores. Because number one, you're going to come back and all your meat's going to be there, especially if you can hang it up in a tree. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of things that like to scavenge, obviously. And then if you don't have to deal with another carnivore, apex predator, dealing with that, 
it makes a better day for you the next day. Fantastic information, Dan. Do appreciate it. Next week, we'll have more with Dan Thompson, who is the large carnivore supervisor for Wyoming Game and Fish Department. If you want more information, you can go to the Bearwise Wyoming section of wgfd.yo.gov, get all the information, and learn more about bears, what you need to do to be prepared for bears, and large carnivores when you're out doing your hunting this year. There's a moose roaming around Casper Mountain. Janet has all the information next. Wyoming to Wyoming, hooking and hunting outdoors. My Country 95.5. All right, Janet, uh, back again. It's been a, a great, busy, informative morning uh, with Dan Thompson also with us a, a little bit ago. But there's uh, a little something here in the Casper area that has been, well, there have been a lot of people just talking about things that they think they heard or they thought they saw or there's no way it could have been because we don't have that here. And we're talking about moose. That's right. I'd like to tell you that you are uh, not seeing correctly and that you might need to check your glasses, Drew, but it turns out you may have been right. Yeah. How crazy is it that earlier this summer it was brought to the attention of Game and Fish and you guys did an investigation and you went out and confirmed it? That's right. You know, it's it's been a fun couple of years of seeing moose that have been moving around the area. Um, it, it can happen pretty easily. They can travel long distances. Earlier this year, we did have one that was actually trotting through town a little bit. People caught them on their camera, their ring doorbells, which turned out to be a pretty neat uh, video to watch. And and just recently, Drew, you had a great picture of one on the backside of Casper Mountain. And, you know, um, these animals are expanding their territories and moving around a little bit. So it's kind of a fun experience. But as a Casperite, if we're not used to seeing those animals around and maybe we're hunting um, different animals in, in the vicinity and you just kind of see something large and brown, you might assume that it's an elk, but it is not. Obviously, there are certain ways to tell the difference between a moose and an, an elk. I mean, size is probably the first. Even though an elk is big, I mean, a moose is even bigger. But I think this just goes back to making sure that you know what you're shooting at. Um, that you do see, you know, the full animal that you are trying to harvest. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot about those sorts of things that you learn in hunter safety to make good ethical shots. And so, so you can go down this road of, are the legs longer? What do the antlers look like? Really, it comes down to look through your scope, see what you're looking at, use your binoculars and be close enough to make a good ethical shot and know that that is not an elk. That is a moose. If that mistake is made, that mistake could cost you a lot of money and even jail time if, because at that point when you kill something that you don't have the license for, that goes to the, the courts. So the courts decide. So then, I mean, it could be a really expensive mistake not to know that you're shooting a moose instead of an elk. Sure, you know, and, and there's lots of those examples. But, you know, the Game and Fish Department, we also do recognize that sometimes those things are accidents, that they're not intentional. And and we do um suggest to people that they do report those to us. You know, a lot of times we do try to um, talk to the courts about leniency and like, hey, you know, they realized that they made a mistake. This did happen. Um, we we just want people to make the good choice, the ethical choice, and, and to make hunters be seen in the fantastic light that they should be. And and so it is a neat thing. And also, you know, if you do see those those critters out there, don't be afraid to report it to us. We want to know um, if you're seeing more moose yeah. 
and and those sorts of things. So it's kind of fun. Now, if you happen to accidentally of some sort have an interaction with a moose, how dangerous and deadly could that be? It's one of those things that, that I often, when I do um, safety talks, I do say I would rather encounter a grizzly bear than a mama moose who is mad. I, you know, sometimes you're just not mentally prepared for that really big thing to come charging at you. And people need to be aware of them and be prepared for that situation, you know, bear spray, making loud noises, all those sorts of things that you would do, which often doesn't happen when you're out hunting because that is totally counterintuitive to what you're you're out there to do sneaking around. And when you approach a situation like this, you know, you always hear with a black bear, you make a little noise, you let the bear know you're there and more than likely it may run off. Is dealing with a moose the same? It's similar to um, dealing with a blackberry. You just want to make sure that, you know, it knows you're coming, that you can kind of scare it away and, and just make sure that, that they're aware that you're in the area. All right. So it's been a little bit. We've had a couple of reports over the last few months of a, of a moose. Is this something that here in the Casper area we're going to start seeing more of? You know, it does appear right now, Drew, that that the individual that we have been seeing is the same bull moose. And and so, you know, if it's just Mr. Bull Moose himself, chances are good that we won't be seeing more moose. But it is a possibility. And we do hope that that maybe some of these these animals are as they're wandering through that we could get some established populations in some more remote areas areas of the Casper region. We don't want them downtown, but Muddy Mountain's looking pretty good. Very good. Not only can you call uh, Wyoming Game and Fish Department, but go check them out on the uh, the internet at wgfd.yo.gov. You can email. You can, there's all kinds of forms you can fill out there as well. Janet, thank you so much. Thanks, Drew. It's Hunting Outdoors, my country, 95.5. Well, Ryan, we are full on into hunting seasons now, and you can definitely tell that people are excited. They're still coming in and buying some gear. Oh, man, this uh, last week we've seen uh, just a ton of people, not just locals, but a lot of out-of-staters, and rifle season for antelope is opening up, and the archery hunters are out in full force, and we're seeing a lot of really good animals coming in, so it's been pretty exciting. Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks ago we were really concerned because it was so hot, and, you know, the animals weren't moving. But now it's it's really changed. So now's the time to get out there, especially if you're doing archery hunting. Yeah, this last week really felt like fall. You know, we started getting some weather, a little bit of rain, a little bit cooler mornings. And uh, guys are talking that the animals are talking a little more, moving around a little bit more. So, yeah, this is a great time of year. Now, of course, if you're going to come in here and uh, look at all the great camel patterns that you have and you guys still have the, the raven crossbows, if the crossbows the way you want to go this year. And you and I were talking about the the way the technology has really enhanced the hunting opportunities. Yeah, technology has helped everybody in whatever sport sporting realm you're in, right? But on the archery side, and a lot of controversy on, on crossbows versus compound bows and whether they should be legal during archery season or rifle season, and we're not going to get into that. But, yeah. man, the technology on these, on these crossbows is just phenomenal. We're... We're really doing well with uh, Raven crossbows, and and those are you know over 400 feet per second. And uh, if you wanted to really tweak it up a little bit, Burris has a nice 
range finding scope that goes on top of that. So that takes the guesswork out of the yardage of the animal. You know, you push a button, it ranges it, and it tells you where to hold, and you pull the trigger. It's so wild. We were actually talking, one of my friends was out, and she was a little concerned about having to draw it back, you know, because you have used to have to just uh-huh. latch onto it and pull it. But, but now there's even, you know, help in that area, too. Yeah, most most all the, especially the 400 feet per second crossbows and better, uh, they're all some type of a crank version. And that's what we generally see is, you know, a, a guy that's been out in the field for the last 30 or 40 years, a compound bow hunter ends up with arthritis or he had a surgery on his shoulder and just can no longer pull back that bow but he wants to be in the field and that's where the crossbow really really comes into play which you can come in and obviously everyone here at rocky mountain discount sports can help you out in in any way you need help if it's a new uh, bow or maybe crossbow or maybe you're still looking for a rifle for this year and uh, that's going to be here in just a couple of weeks yeah, and we're, uh, fortunately, we're starting to see a little bit more rifle ammo. Um, again, guys just can't be picky. I mean, you're not going to see the Nosler Acubon 180s that you're looking for. So if you're a 300 Win Mag guy and, and, uh, you're out of, out of bullets at this point, then you might have to go with a 150 or a 170 grain and get your rifle recited in. So just make sure you leave yourself plenty of time. And, uh, I did mention the, the camel patterns. You guys have a great line of camel patterns here. You've got great great boot options, and that's really important. We've talked about that even all summer because you kind of need to break those in. Yeah, and uh, boots, boots again. You know, they've they've had a problem with uh, distrib- distribution on uh, leather products com- coming into the state. So, those uh, good solid leather boots. I mean, they're they're in limited supply. We're sitting pretty good right now. And then on on the camo side, we're you know doing really well. We've got you know a, King's Camo's got some really great patterns out there. Girls with Guns has some really good women's clothing, and uh, we've got a good line of kids clothing in too. And that is one of the best parts about Rocky Mountain Discount Sports is. It's not just a man's world in the outdoors anymore. I mean, kids and 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 ladies, you got something for everyone. We do, yeah. And we try to we try to listen to our customers and bring in what they're asking for. So get over here and check this out. If you're heading out, uh, maybe you're going to go on a the backcountry hunting trip. And get all your camping supply, your your uh, MREs or your your meals, even the the little stoves and mm-hmm. uh, camp stoves. Which I bought the one and I love it. Yeah, we just we just got a good shipment of uh, jet boils in. So and uh, the peak refuels uh, is stocked back up. So that peak refuel uh, meals and the mountain house meals, man, just flying off the shelf. And had some this last weekend. They're actually pretty dang good. So get out here and check it out, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports for all your hunting and fishing needs. Winter. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country ninety five five. Hunting season in full swing, but doesn't mean that fishing season is off the table. And Brian, it's been a good bite so far, right? Oh boy, it's uh, it's been a really good bite, but it's just hard to decide what to do this time of year. There is so much fun stuff going on, and then you throw a job in the middle, and that just gets yeah, right, this right job in the way. Stuff is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you actually just got your boat back, so now you're able to get back out on the the water a little more often, and. Uh, it's a big, a big difference having a boat, not having a boat just for, uh, the opportunities that you have. And we've talked about that all summer with being able to get out there to, to deeper water. And now with the water levels down a little bit mm-hmm. on some of these, you know, reservoirs, it's, it's important. 
Yeah, so this last week we um, actually saw the Bureau of Rec uh, stopped uh, taking water out of uh, Seminole and Pathfinder. So everything's starting to stabilize there. Uh, we're actually seeing Galindo Reservoir uh, has come up a couple feet in the last week. So uh, that's 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 kind of the normal trend this time of year anyways. But uh, unfortunately, like Pathfinder is drained down lower than it normally has for this time of year. But I will tell you, like, uh, I have not seen Pathfinder this low for a number of years. And if you haven't had your boat out and you haven't put it away yet for the season, now is a really good time to get out there and just tool around, mark some structure, see, you know, where Jaws is at, get your boat nosed up to it, you know, mark some spots, and uh, just take a look at the, the shorelines and, and, and uh, put it in the memory bank. So when we're in a situation like we are now where uh, we're really getting getting into cooler temperatures at night where it's almost hovering around freezing on some mm-hmm. nights. Uh, how do you keep your boat from, you know, going into that while well, it needs to go into full off-season mode, right. but you still want to take it out? Yeah, so uh, most most of us that are running outboards, pretty simple. You drop your motor down, the, the water drains out of your motor. Uh, this time of year, I generally don't keep a lot of fish anyways, so, but if you were... Maybe instead of running your live well so you're not circulating water through your pump, uh, bring a cooler with you. Close off those valves so you're not actually bringing water into your live well. Um, but really just making sure that you drop your motors um, and, and uh, let the let the motors drain out. That will prevent any any problems with any freezing. So we, we did just mention a couple of minutes ago that there are guys that are already, you know, putting it up for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the deciding factor on that? Is it? You know, a couple of freezing nights in a row or... Well, I mean, a lot of it just comes down to time, right? You know, I mean, this this time of year, I mean, there's we're we're starting to do our grouse hunting and the waterfowl season's right around the corner. Dove season's open. You know, there's only so many times, especially for us working folk, to get out there and <laughs> and play. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it just kind of depends. Like, you know, for me, uh, October and November, as long as the weather cooperates, is some of the best fishing you know that you can that you can find. And so, if you can find a you know a, a midday where you're getting 50 degrees and it's comfortable to go fish. I mean, for me, that's some of the best times. Now, when we get that water that starts, it's A, dropping lower, but it's also going to get cooler and cooler and cooler, Mm -hmm. which means the fish are probably going to slow down a little bit more and have a problem or well i don't don't know i mean uh when the water starts rising like especially at glendo you know we're going to see those fish that have been suspended out in that deeper water you know we might see some of those fish moving a little bit shallower so where we've been targeting you know 15 to 25 feet you know we might be 15 15 feet and less now um so there's there's been a pretty good crank bite going on down there um yeah, the, you just have to kind of again trust your electronics, see what's going on. But you know, the fish are hungry. I mean, they they eat all all year long, whether it's ice fishing or not. They they may slow down a little bit. Maybe the windows of opportunity are a little bit less. But um, the fish are going to bite, and and it's it's still going to be good. Again, finding the the right time of day. So, like when it's not as hot in the afternoon, are you going to get an afternoon bite like you wouldn't have been in the summer? You know, when I 
what I find usually in the fall here is that the mornings aren't necessarily better than the afternoons. The water temperature is still about the same. A lot of times, you know, it's not as hot outside, so we're, we don't have as big a bright sunny days uh, and, and shorter days, right? So um, the mornings are, are usually pretty cool. So, you know, I like to get down to wherever I'm going and have breakfast first and then and ease my way onto the lake. When you're out this time of year, bait-wise, are you sticking with the same set up well we kind of we kind of transition off of the uh off of the worms uh we have seen especially at like pathfinder there's a really good crawdad population on the rocks so uh fish are spitting up you know the kind of orangish red uh crawdads um but when you get down to like glendo you'll see just a ton of shad and a lot of times this time of year they'll start dying off and we'll see them floating on the surface and when you're zipping across the lake you'll see huge bait balls of 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 these uh shad so really hard to fish around those shad but you just want to imitate what those shad are doing so um, that's where the spoon bite the jigging wraps uh, you know you can run a cast master and vertically jig it um, down at glendo this time of year every once in a while you get into pretty good uh, crappie bite so uh, minnows minnows are always pretty good this time of year um, we're still carrying them here at the store uh, jigging a, a minnow and a bobber you know down by the docks down by the dam off the rocks you know uh, can be a really fun bite especially for kids all right, well, uh, get on out here and check out all the fishing supplies here before you head out at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. Thanks so much again for tuning in. We have got another great show next week. We're going to talk more about bears and the use of bear spray. Uh, plus, if you're going in the backwoods, we've got some stuff coming up you'll want to to hear to keep yourself safe. Thanks again for listening. And again, you can go listen to all of this information again inside the radio station's app on demand 24-7.